Good morning. My name is Dave, and I've been serving here as our church administrator since February 1st. For those of you visiting, uh, our church family here over the last eight weeks have been looking at the book of Nehemiah, which is uh, a history book in the Old Testament, so the last history books uh, before the New Testament. And um, it's about the walls that were surrounding Jerusalem. They had been in ruin, the gates had been burned, and things were in rough shape, and, and Nehemiah gets this word about the condition of it. And so the story starts with him receiving this word. He was a cupbearer for the king, and uh, he felt this burden and calling to go back to Jerusalem and to restore these walls. God confirmed it the next week in his, uh, confirmed the calling by having his boss, the king, uh, give him time off of work and also give him resources uh, to engage this project. And he goes on and the people responded. When he gets there, he assesses the situation and he tells the people, this is the challenge before us. They didn't realize that he was gonna call them into this project. And they responded and said, let's get to work. And they, they, were, they were on board. Right after that, he faces opposition. And many times when we're doing the work of the Lord, you face opposition. And that's a sign that you're doing the right thing because you have some opposition. So he faces the opposition and he stays faithful. Next thing that happens is that was external opposition. Now he's got internal problems because there was a group of people that were taking the circumstance of the situation and they were exploiting others. Uh, that weren't in a place to be at their fields and couldn't have food and things. They were exploiting it. So he had to confront those people and say, no, give them back their things. You can't do that. You need to take care of others. So sometimes, any of you who've been around church ministry, you know sometimes we have our own problems too internally, right? Folks don't get along and things happen. Then he gets another wave of opposition externally that comes against him. And he has to decide to not quit, but to stay faithful, to push into God and hang on to God amidst those times. And then last week, uh, we hear of the completion of the wall, and it's attributed to the character and competency of Nehemiah and those that he's putting into leadership, and it was his integrity that allowed him to remain faithful in his calling and vision. And so this very first um, verse uh, here talks about, I think we've got it up there, here we go, um, this, this is the message in a nutshell right here. They told Ezra, the scribe, to bring out the book of the law of Moses. Folks, they hadn't read the scriptures as they had been instructed to for a very, very long time. And what was amazing is it was the people who said, bring out the scriptures. Now, Ezra had been, you know, serving these folks for a long time. And I may not need to say it, but it's only the last 500 years that we've had printed books, right? So reading the scripture was kind of an ordeal, okay? It wasn't, wasn't a very easy uh, thing to do. Um, but the people, after finishing this project, in their hearts, they're drawn to God. I think we've got a picture here. This is a story of my life that started a little over 30 years ago. I had owned a business, and I didn't go to church regularly. 80% of my revenue came on Saturday and Sunday. Now, the church had a service where I could have gotten in a service before I went to open up my shop. I had a furniture store, but I didn't. And when I would go, there was an usher in the back, Bianca. 
There was a guy named Richie Vivolo. He was in the back, and he'd see me sneak in. The church had a balcony. I loved the balcony, you know. And he'd see me coming down those steps, and, you know, at the end where, where there's a chance that you might have to raise your hand or go forward, you know, uh, I would always get out, you know, and he'd, he'd see me, and, you know, he'd make eye contact with me, let me know I was, he knew I was there that week, you know. And, uh, but they hired a, a fellow to be the youth pastor that I had known from years earlier, a guy named Dennis. So Dennis comes to church, and he comes to me one day, he says, Dave, there's this building, old Victorian building that the church owned behind the property, and I want to create a youth center. And uh, I know that you're good at remodeling and fixing things up, and I'm wondering, you know, could you come help me fix up the youth center for the kids? Uh, I'm not asking you to go to church. I'm just asking if you'd help out with the you know, renovation. And I said, okay, you know, I, I like fixing things up. And he was a good guy. I wanted him to be successful at, you know, what he was doing. And so I, I'd go after work and, um, and, and I would, would help. And I recruited some other people and, you know, we started working on it. So we get to the late in the fall, things done. And we we're going to have a Christmas party, which is kind of a celebration that the project's done with the kids. And, and he said, Dave, you know, we're going to have this party. Kids want to celebrate opening the youth center. Um, and, and they'd really like you to come. You were a big part of it. I'm not asking you to go to church or anything. I'm just, you know, come out to the party, you know? So, like, yeah, yeah, the kids were nice, you know, and I could go. So I go to the party. I'm sitting there, and, and uh, the kids have air hockey, and they're doing different things. And he comes over to me, and he said, Dave, we're in this basketball league. I know you used to play. You coached a little bit. You love basketball. And um, we have a basketball team, but I need a coach for the kids. It starts in January. I'm not asking you to go to church or anything, but if you could help out, you know, they play on Saturday mornings. I changed jobs. I didn't have my store anymore. And uh, I said, oh, I do like basketball. These kids are pretty nice. You know, that might be a good thing to do, you know, so... I start coaching his basketball team. Three weeks later, I'm at a youth retreat. People are preaching at me. God's speaking to my heart, and things are changing in my life. And for the last 30 years, I have been trying to get other people to serve God. Because in my life, as you're invited into service, you meet God. And for those of us who don't go all the time to church, if we could start out just using our acquired skills and talents... That kind of works. And as you do that, then God awakens your spiritual life. That's what happened to these people. It really wasn't about the wall. Okay? Yeah, the wall needed to be protecting Jerusalem and, and safe so people could come back in. But it was what the project did to draw people to God. Now, some of you are thinking that Dennis sounds a lot like Drew. Um, you know, I've... <laughs> I've, I've seen and heard him in the lobby. Hey, can you lead a group, you know? And why don't you volunteer with this ministry? Or we're doing this and we could use some money. Can you help out and fund it? You know, it's like, he's, he's like that, you know? And I can guarantee you uh, that in the six months that he talked to me about coming to serve here at Hope, never once did he mention preaching as part of my role. <laughs> but, but here I am. And why? Because God's working in my life too. And God's drawing me into his scriptures so he can do a work in my life and what he wants to do. See, service and scripture can lead us to renewal. Service and scripture can lead us to renewal. In verse 2, we see who was in attendance. Men, women, and all who were able to understand. All who were able to understand is referring to children and youth. There's no age on it, okay? It's not a certain age. 
girls seemed to mature a little quicker than us guys. I would have probably been one of the kids throwing rocks and sticks and playing while the thing was going on, you know. Um, but if you're at a point where you can look at your parents or your church family and you can see their faults or their shortcomings in their faith, you're probably at the, at the able to understand stage. I know it was that way in my life. I saw the problems with everybody else. And then there was a day where I realized someday it's going to be just me and God and he's not really going to worry about my mom and dad or my church family and anybody else. And so I don't see a lot of young people in here, but if you're here and you can see problems with your parents, then you're probably ready to understand. It says in verse 3 that they listened attentively. I wonder when Drew you know, debriefs how the services go with Tina if he says things like the worship was great, um, we had a a baby dedication or baptism. Um, we gave an update on extending hope. Uh, it was a beautiful day, so we were out in the courtyard. Bianca got pizza for everybody, and everyone listened attentively. No, we're in a society here where, you know, we got to probably check our email at least once or twice during the service, right, to see if anything really important may have come in, you know, or, or, or whatever. We've, we tend to wander off, you know, and, um, you know, even with reading scripture, you know, I find you know, you're reading a passage and then all of a sudden your mind floated somewhere else. And you're like, oh, what did I just read? Oh, I got to go back and read that verse again, right? And these folks weren't reading one passage or the verse of the day. These folks were standing there for five or six hours. That's the hunger that God had given them for the scripture. And I think when we serve, that's the kind of thing God does. He stirs stuff up. It doesn't start that way. But that's the place he takes us. Then it says, Ezra stood on a high wooden platform built for the occasion. This is a shout out for our setup crew. (laughs) Details matter. And leaders can make crazy requests. I mean, look here. Somebody put this little step up and now it's even higher for those people, right? They're probably just telling Ezra, just read the scripture, right? Just get up and read the scripture. Why do you need this platform so high? He goes, well, I want everyone to see me and and hear me. And he's like, this isn't like other gatherings. There's going to be a lot more people coming to this event. We're going to have kids and youth there too. And probably the first one they put together was enough room for Ezra and maybe one or two other people to stand with him. He's like, no, 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 it's going to be so many hours uh, I got to have like five or six people on each side of me just to help keep this thing going. We got to get through all of the Pentateuch. We're reading five books of the Bible here. You know, we need this. Those were details that were there. I need room for others. As he opened it in verse five, it says the people stood up. You know, some may wonder why we stand up when we read scripture. I remember the first time I did it here, I forgot to have people stand, you know, and Eliana rightfully came to me after and said, hey, you know, next service, make sure people stand up, you know? <laughs> and, 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 and then as I was reading this scripture and preparing, you know, I could see here they've modeled it for us. But that standing up is both physically standing up, but it's also a standing with the scripture, I think. You know, it's a, it's a sign of we believe the word of the Lord. It's a sign of support. I'm standing. I'm endorsing these words. I want to follow these words of God. I won't get into politics, but I just know that 
a few years ago, some NFL players didn't stand, and it was such a big deal, you know? And then I was reading this, so I was like, well, I guess standing, really, you know, it's, for people, they see that as a, as a sign of support, right, you know? So if next week half of you kneel down during the scripture reading, you know, we might have a big problem here. But there's something about standing and saying, yes, I follow these words of the Lord. I'm behind this. And I want to note that in the beginning of the verse, it said everyone could see him. So good job, worship team. The mic's working and everyone can see me, right? I mean, uh, sound team back there, you know, the setup folks. That work, that service matters. It's important to what we do. Verse 6 says, Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. Ezra was praising God not because they completed the wall. He was praising God because of the response of the people. It was the people saying, we want to hear the word of the Lord. It was the people recognizing God's faithfulness to them. He realized that only God can move in our hearts, right? Only God can move in the hearts of people. This guy had been a faithful priest and minister to these folks for years. Through all of their sins, their ups and downs, they're not turning to God. He had been faithful to lead these people, and he now saw that God was doing it. Scripture will lead us to worship God because it discloses his greatness and goodness. And I think that was one of the things we were singing even today in the worship, those words I heard in there. But scripture leads us to worship God because it discloses his greatness and his good nights. Verse seven, the Levites instructed the people in the law while the people were standing there. And uh, verse eight then goes on and says, they were making it clear and giving the meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. In essence, they broke into smaller groups. Just like we encourage you to participate in groups outside of Sunday mornings, others, not just Ezra or not just Drew, get to use their gifts and provide instruction when we go into groups. There was a chance for questions to be asked and answered in a way easily, not easily done in a large gathering here on Sunday. And again, more people get to use their spiritual gifts than on a Sunday where we have a worship team and we have one speaker and we've got some Levites helping with connections in the lobby and with children and youth and with the the sound team back there. Scripture, you know, is literally at our fingertips now. And I think I have my phone here, you know. And I thought about this, you know, in, in, in preparing. You know, there's so many bad things that that happen with these phones. Now I have a light on. I don't even know how that, I don't even know how the work phone works, but it's, it's lit up, okay? But, you know, we can have your Bible, and I'm old school, so I'm still using, you know, I'm using the, the regular Bible, but, you know, we, we, we now can have it here. There's really no excuse. You know, if you think of what these people had to go through to hear the scriptures, what was involved, you know, this is a benefit of, of this tool right here, you know. You don't even have to carry it with you. You can have it right here. Um, my, my old boss had it set where it gave him a verse of the day, and he'd always tell us what it was. I had another boss that every meeting we started with a psalm. Whatever day of the month it was, that was the psalm of the day. And we would read these psalms throughout, and periodically they'd come back around. This is, this is a tool that these folks didn't have. Second thing, big takeaway for us today, I want to just point out is that God's plans are people-centric, 
not time sensitive. So much of our planning and the way we operate, even in the church as, as Christians, but boy, we're time sensitive. And I, I think it's because for many of us, especially living here in New York, um, time is money. I love my trips to the Philippines I would take because time is not money there. But here we're so driven because of time equating to money. God has opportunities for you to serve, but he doesn't need you to serve. God doesn't need our service. But he has opportunities because what he ultimately wants is our heart. And that service is a way that it happens. Again, it wasn't all about the wall. It was about the renewal of the people and a rebuilding of their lives. There's a friend of mine up here. She's in the bottom right corner there. And uh, I took these ladies to, and some others that aren't in the picture, to a conference about 20 years ago. And uh, we were starting a medical ministry in Queens. And, and we were doing a health fair. And, and there was a lady in our church. She came to me and she said, Dave, I have a sister. She comes here to church some. She's not really connected. And uh, I think, though, maybe this medical ministry you're starting is exactly what she needs. She's a medical worker, and this, this would be good for her. So Astrid went with us to this conference in Philadelphia. We took a van and went down there to learn about medical mission, how we could do it. And uh, on the way back in the van, we were all processing about what God had said to us. What had we learned? You know, what, what did he, he pointed out to us? And when it came to Astrid's time to share, she told the group, she said, uh, I became a teen mom, single mom, and when I was young, I've lived with a lot of shame. Coming from a good Catholic family, it was definitely seen to be out of God's plan, if you would. And she said, but I think I find a way that I could serve. I could be a part of things. There's a second picture up there of Astrid. So at our health fairs, there's Astrid doing blood pressure and glucose testing. And because she was bilingual, she was really critical to us because she could translate, you know? So we needed her. She helped all the other people too. But as time went on, Astrid left her role as the blood pressure and the glucose testing person. And the next picture shows her at the end of the health fair. And that's the role that she always asked to serve in. Because at the end is where we ask people, what did you find most helpful today? Is there a service that you didn't find that you would like? Then we ask them, do you attend a house of worship? Based on what they say, we then say, oh, just two more questions. When you think about God, is he close to you, far away, a friend, or angry? If the Holy Spirit's doing anything in their life, that's the point where people would open up and ask, and we would close with, how can we pray for you and your family? Astrid started with her acquired skills and talents. And as she served and she saw God working and saw the needs of others and got God's heart for that, she slowly moved herself down the line and ended up at that last station. Isn't that what we want for all of us? The scripture convicted them. They immediately wept with remorse for not following God's ways and trusting him despite his faithfulness through many generations. 
And then in verses 9 to 11, God instructs Nehemiah, Ezra, and the Levites to tell the people, stop mourning and weeping. Stop mourning and weeping about your sinful ways. This day is holy to the Lord your God. Again, it wasn't holy because the project was completed of the walls. It was holy because the people had finally turned and recognized the faithfulness of God and seen what he had done and were drawn back into his word. Reminded me as I was reading this of the story of the prodigal son, right? You know, he goes off, he does his own thing. And when he comes back, um, you know, he realizes, you know, I'm, I'm the worst, right? Um, and, and, and he's like, I'm not worthy. And his father greets him and says, no, you're not. No, he doesn't do that, right? It says he runs out, gives him a bear hug. We all know the story. It says, you know, uh, get him a robe, put a ring on his finger, get him new sandals. Let's get that fattened calf. Let's have a party. Let's celebrate. Son wanted to pay restitution. The people of Israel, as they came into the scriptures, they saw God speaking. They themselves wanted to have this thing of saying, no, we blew it. We screwed up. And God's telling Ezra and Nehemiah and the other Levites, no, 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 no. This is a day of celebration because my people turned their hearts to me. Verse 10 instructs the people to go and celebrate with choice food and drink. This is the heart of God for each of us. He doesn't give them what they deserve and he's not celebrating the walls, as I said. But he wants to celebrate that they turn to him. All right, so what's our conclusion? Everyone is needed. Every one of you in this room is needed. Nehemiahs, we need people who hear God's voice, see opportunities and needs, and invite others to join them. When I first started here, I, I, Pastor Drew asked me to get involved and, and help some things, and I found out that you were taking, as a church, we're taking a, a trip to Guatemala, a mission trip, the first week of July. And I said, well, how did this come about? He said, well, there's a guy in the, in the church named Chris, and um, he's done medical mission before, and he wants to take a trip with his son. And he came to me and he said, hey, pastor, I, I think this would be good for us to do. What do you think? And he said, yeah, let's do it. And then he got Amy, who's one of the Levites, you know, a helper, and said, hey, come alongside Chris. Let's recruit some people. Let's provide some training for the mission team, and let's make this thing happen, right? And then a fellow over here named Chin, he's all the way against the wall, you know? But he said, I think we need a group, which Drew loves when people ask to have groups, right? So he, he took that initiative. He said, I see a, a unique group that needs to be started, you know? And... Um, the only bad thing about it is it's supposed to be for old people, and I'm the oldest person in the group, so that, that I didn't like. But, but, uh, but, but Chin took that initiative. There are some of you in here, God's given you visions and ideas, and you see things, and you know there's things that we need to do. Okay? And just like me with that little medical thing, you know, that was, that was, that was big in a strid's life. I never knew anything about a strid when I did that. I wasn't doing it for a strid. I was just listening to God and doing something, and she's one of the people that came along. You may not even know who's going to be impacted by what it is, but God's asking you to be obedient. Take that gifting of Nehemiah 
and, 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 and to speak things out. You know, come to Drew, come to one of the staff, say, hey, I'm seeing something here. What do you think? You got to look for affirmation. That's what, that's what Nehemiah did, right? He didn't just go off half-baked. He went to his boss. It was a big deal. He got off work. He also gave him resources. You know, so you don't just go off and do something crazily. You go and you test it. And if God's in it, he's going to bring those resources along, right? Ezra, he was faithful. He didn't quit on the people. And he hadn't seen a lot of fruit in his ministry. You know, when I was preparing, I was thinking of some of you that are parents, you know. And, uh, you know, as parents, um, you might be trying your best to lead your kids or your family towards God. And sometimes you might feel like you're not seeing the outcomes you're looking for. Before I had my daughter, a friend of mine said, Dave, here's what's going to happen. At some point, you're going to have to decide if you are going to win the battle for your kid's behavior or you're going to win the battle for their soul. I think sometimes our temptation, especially if you're a Christian parent and you go to church, you want your kids to act and behave a certain way, right? You you don't want anyone to think that you're out of control, right? Not my family, right? We're all good, right? But there's a soul there. I think Ezra wanted the soul of the people. You know, he didn't give up. He could have walked away from these folks. He could have said, oh, this is my church? Oh, my goodness, these are the people? No. He remained faithful. I think of Winnie, you know. I see her up here with the prayer sign every week, you know. And Drew's like, if you'd like prayer, come forward. I'm like, oh, goodness, no one's coming forward, you know. It's like... You know, but guess what? She's there every week. She comes both services most times too, right? She's being faithful. God will bring the right people up at the right time. We don't need to worry about it. What we need is people that are willing to be faithful to stand with the prayer sign, right? A lot of ministries are like that at church. It's not all fruit, you know? It's, 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 sometimes it's that. It's about remaining faithful in the ministry that God's called you to. Levites, they're the people building that platform. They're our setup team. They're Lucas helping me with my last-minute slides when I don't know what I'm doing. It's a sound crew. It's Joe, the photographer I see here with the camera. You know, it's worship leaders, small group leaders, teachers, the alpha team, connection team, the next-gen team with the kids and the youth, members of the prayer team. Folks, get involved. We just committed two months to this book of the Bible. The message is... God's calling you to serve, and he wants to renew your hearts too. But don't miss the opportunity. Don't let us go through this without saying, I've got to find a way to connect in, get involved, start serving. God uses our service to connect us with his heart and his ultimate plans, which is just to draw us to himself. Okay, do not mourn. Why doesn't the worship team come up here while we finish up? Do not mourn, do not weep, do not grieve. This is a holy day. Celebrate with great joy. Enjoy the Puerto Rican Day Parade. (laughs) Confession and making recommitments to God are the next two chapters. So you've got to come back the next two weeks for that. All right? Because they get to that. But so many times when we hear the word of the Lord, we, write, we condemn ourselves, right? Right away, we go into shame. We go into, oh, I haven't read my Bible enough. I haven't been engaged and haven't been using my gifts. The Lord's been speaking to me. I haven't been responding. Lord says, this is my day. Let us celebrate. Verse 12, then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food and to celebrate with great joy 
because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. They now understood the words that had been made known to them. It's an invitation. Again, God's plans are people-centric, not time-sensitive. I had a boss for many years, and at his farewell, one of my colleagues got up and he said, Mike uses work to get people done, where most managers use people to get work done. We serve a God that uses his work to get us done. I was so moved by Jacob at that Friday night prayer thing the other night when he testified. He said, you know, he talked about how, and, and there was another lady who also testified about how working with the young people, how God did stuff in them. You know, they were supposed to be there to help the young people, but God was doing stuff in them. That's the way serving is. You know, it may seem like you're just setting the sound or you're moving the stuff around or whatever. But boy, when we come with the right hearts, God meets us and he does work in us. So as the worship team um, plays and leads us into worship, I just think about what, what's God saying to me today? Is there something he's had on my heart that I need to step up? I need to, I need to get to one of the staff here and say, Lord, I want to. I want to step up and use my gifts. I want to be involved. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. You know, Dennis never cared. I, I, right after I did all that stuff with Dennis, God moved me into a ministry in the city. You know, I didn't even really give much fruit to him after all that he had invested in me. But boy, was he planting seeds and doing stuff. You know, some of you are in that kind of a place. So let's enter into worship and, and let's um, ask the Lord what he would, would ask us to do in response today.